In the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. In the book of Proverbs, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. This is a basic command for, especially for people who teach. Because what comes out of somebody who teaches mouths is inevitably drawn from the well of their heart. Nobody can teach or nobody can preach except what is first put inside of them. If, you, if you're doing something other than that, it's sort of hypocritical. But I also believe that it's, it's a central principle not just for people who teach or people who preach, but for each one of us as followers of Christ. We have to expend the greatest possible diligence in protecting and guarding the condition of our hearts. Because everything that springs from our, from our mouths comes from our hearts. And our Lord Jesus Christ, is what, this is what He taught us in the passage that we read today. He was confronted by the Pharisees many different situations. But in one particular situation, He was confronted by them because they didn't follow the tradition of washing their hands before they ate. And our Lord Jesus Christ, He responded. He turned to the crowd and He said, Hear and understand. Not that what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles the man. And later he explains to the disciples what he means by what comes out of the mouth. He says, Do you not understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So our Lord Jesus Christ is saying, a person can eat with unwashed hands, it's not going to make him either holier or more defiled in front of God. It makes no difference in his spiritual standing before God. But when someone opens their mouth, and sinful things come out, it reveals this person to be a sinner from the heart. When they harbor evil thoughts in their minds, they expect eventually they'll expose themselves in what they say. So if a person nurses, for example, hatred in their heart towards another person, it'll reveal itself in the fact that they may call that person a name, they may slander them, they may gossip against them. If a person in their heart has adulterous or sexually sinful thoughts in their mind, it will come out in their mouths in the form of dirty stories, jokes, suggestive comments. If they have theft in their heart, they'll speak about other people's possessions in ways that sort of demonstrate jealousy or covetousness or a spirit of materialism. If a person has no real love for the truth in their heart, they'll speak lies. Or they'll cover up the truth about themselves. Or they'll falsely accuse another person if it'll get them what they want. If a person has hatred towards God, then they will make irreverent jokes about God or speak about Him or His holy character or profess God to be something that he's not. <coughs> so the heart of a man or a woman is like a well. And the mouth is sort of like the bucket that draws from that well. So it's not enough for us to simply cleanse our mouths, to stop saying the things that we know we shouldn't or we ought not to say. The mouth doesn't draw up anything but what's already in the heart. That's why we have to, with all diligence, guard our hearts. Because from out of it, like the book says in the book of Proverbs, out of the heart flows all the issues of life. And those issues of life are what's expressed and what's heard by our mouths. 
And this is demonstrated in the, in the reading that we read this morning. The Pharisees had just made a big accusation against our Lord Jesus Christ. He cast out a, a demon. He had a man who was blind and mute. And he made the man like be able to speak and be able to see. And some people saw it and they said, Wow, could this be the son of David? Could this be the Messiah? But the Pharisees said, This person doesn't cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. In other words, they saw the power of the Holy Spirit demonstrated through our Lord Jesus Christ, and yet their hearts were hardened. Their hearts were hardened against Him, and they attributed His power, His power to cast out demons to the devil himself. This wasn't actually the only time that they said this about Him. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, a couple chapters before, this is chapter 12, in chapter 9, it was, they, they did it before. It's their habit to interpret His miracles this way. They were persistently attributing His miracles to the power of the devil. And this wasn't because they misunderstood our Lord Jesus Christ. It's because they hated Him, because they were resistant towards Him. So when they make these blasphemous accusations against Him, what are they revealing in their hearts? They're revealing their incredibly hardened condition of their hearts. None of them would have dared to argue that the Lord did an evil thing in making a blind man and a mute man be able to see, be able to speak. But in spite of the goodness, in spite of the miracles, they still hated Him. So they attributed His good miracles to an evil source. And after showing them, He explained to them how that's impossible, that something good can come from something bad, how it's impossible that He could have done these things in the power of the devil. He told them to make up their minds. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. <coughs> That's when we come to the part of the passage that we're focusing on today. Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, He says, or He says, He reveals what sort of tree they were proving themselves to be, the Pharisees. And that's when we come to our own sort of affirmation of the vital need to guard our hearts. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in what is probably one of the harshest sayings in the New Testament, He says to the Pharisees, Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Here our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us the condition of our heart is revealed by our words. The condition of our heart is revealed by our words. The Pharisees were making an evaluation. They were seeing good things that our Lord Jesus Christ did. And they were saying something about it. But he challenged them, saying, brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? He's saying there is no way for them to have made a good, accurate declaration or evaluation about him. They could in no way speak good things about our Lord Jesus Christ. The problem for them was that good things couldn't be spoken of people who fundamentally had evil in their heart. That's how he evaluates them. He calls them brood of vipers. Or if you look to the old King James, it says generation of vipers. So basically, like kind of an offspring. That means that they have evil character and their evil character is coming from an evil source. They're the offspring of vipers. It's the same name that our... That St. John the Baptist called them once when he talked to the Pharisees, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? <coughs> when you read this, you might think that our Lord Jesus Christ is sort of needlessly insulting them. But in reality, he's carefully selecting these words to show them their true character. The word that our Lord Jesus Christ uses 
isn't ordinarily the word for a snake or a serpent. Instead, it's the word specifically to a particular deadly or poisonous snake. Okay, it says the word viper, is different from snake or serpent. He uses this word to describe, it's also used in the Bible in the book of Acts to describe the snake that attached to St. Paul's arm and the people thought that he was going to die because of the, the, the poison from the snake. The regular word for snake would maybe suggest like cunningness or subtleness, like when our Lord Jesus Christ told the disciples, Behold, I send you as sheep among wolves, therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But this particular word suggests the idea of extreme danger and deadliness. It's supposed to, our Lord Jesus Christ is trying to highlight the danger of what's coming out of their mouths. The danger of what's coming out of their mouths. Our Lord Jesus Christ is performing miracles using His power as God. And many of the people are beginning to believe in Him. But the Pharisees, who were jealous of Him, had already committed themselves to killing Him, attributed His miracles to the devil in an effort to sort of convince people to not believe in Him. And yet they themselves had the outward appearance of being holy and being pious. So you can see the darkness and the wickedness of their hearts is revealed in the words that they speak. You wouldn't be able to tell by looking at the Pharisees that they have this evil in their heart. But the minute they open their mouth, the minute you hear what they say, you can tell. St. Paul in the book of Romans chapter 3, he says that we have deep and hidden sinfulness of hearts. He says their throat is an open tomb and their tongues have practiced deceit. So all of this was meant to show that the Pharisees, what the Pharisees said about our Lord Jesus Christ was coming from the evil that was in their heart. What came up out of their mouths was drawn from the well of their hearts. That's why he says, how can you, being evil, speak good things? They couldn't speak anything else but evil. It's impossible for them to do otherwise. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the mouth can't help but speak except what's inside the heart. So the lips reveal externally what the man is made of internally. It's important. What we say, the words that we say, reveal what's inside of our hearts. Look at how our Lord Jesus Christ explained the, the, the principle. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So deep inside of us, he is saying that there is this treasure stove, this deposit box of things. It's filled with things that we think about. It's filled with things that we treasure, things that we value, things that we fundamentally believe, things that we hope for, things that we love. And if the person is a, is a man or a woman who is right with God and in his favor, if it's a person who has confessed their sins and seeking out the mercy of God, the person who is directed by the Holy Spirit and is taught God's word, then he's a good man who has good treasure within. So it's very wise for us to ask ourselves, when I get rattled, when I get shaken, what comes spilling out of my mouth? When I'm in a time of trial, when I'm in time of testing, when I'm under pressure, what comes out of me? Of course, to be sure, I'm not perfect. I'm still growing. But do I, like when St. James says, count it all joy when I fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of my faith produces God's good work in my life? Or when I feel the strain of temptation, do I find myself calling out to God to help me to turn from temptation and sin? knowing that God is faithful is not going to allow me to have any temptation beyond what I'm able. When someone does evil to me, when someone curses me, when someone persecutes me, when someone wrongfully uses me, do I love my enemies? Do I bless them? Do I do good to them? Do I pray for them? How about the times when I mess up? The times when I fail? How about the times when something 
comes out of my mouth that is sinful, that is wicked. It's bound to happen. So I'm still struggling with sin that's inside of me. But what happens then? Do I confess it to God? Do I confess it before the priest? Do I accept my fault? Do I admit my sin? Do I go back to those people who I've injured? Or those people who maybe have saw my failure and asked their forgiveness as well? Do I seek to make things right? What I do after I mess up reveals what's in my heart. Does what I do at those times reveal that what comes out of my mouth is being drawn from a fundamentally good treasure or not? Do I thank God for His daily blessings? Do I pray about my needs? Do I quote His word? Do I encourage, edify other people? Do I thank other people for the way God has used them in my life? Do I seek to tell others about God? Do I use my mouth for the purposes of God's glory? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So we need to ask ourselves this morning, does my mouth bring forth good things and prove that they're drawn from a good treasure of my heart? When I get flustered or shaken within, what comes pouring out, out of me? Our Lord Jesus Christ says you can tell a tree by its fruit. Good fruit only comes from a good tree. If someone were to walk along behind you and listen to your words, what kind of tree are you going to prove to them to be? <coughs> what kind of heart does your mouth reveal to be with inside of you? What kind of treasure is deep within inside? It's a very, very good thing for us to test ourselves in this. Because our Lord Jesus Christ, He warns us, He says, an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So what comes pouring out of me when God tests me? When He allows me to get rattled? When someone wrongs me, someone hurts me, do I curse them? Do I snap at them for it? Do I complain against God for the troubles in my life, the difficulties that I may run into? When I'm disappointed, when disappointments happen, do I express bitterness towards God because of it? It doesn't have to be actually just words of bitterness. Do I give off facial expressions? Do I roll my eyes? That communicates sort of a bitterness was inside of me. Is God letting me know at those times that there's something wrong with the condition of my heart? What kind of things do I talk about when I'm relaxed and with my friends? The Bible is very honest about sin. St. Paul warns, he says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as it is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. It's important for us to be honest with ourselves. Do I use my words to judge and criticize others? Do I belittle others with put-downs or with things that I think are funny? Do I gossip? Do I slander others? Do I make jokes about sacred things? Are the only times where our children hear the name of God is when I use His name in vain? What is the pattern of my words? What kind of heart does this pattern of words reveal? I'm suggesting that we need to be really brutally honest with ourselves about this. That we can't let up on ourselves. I have to know and admit the full truth about myself. If the pattern of my speech is evil, then it reveals an evil heart. The, like I was saying before, the mouth doesn't pull up anything except from the well that's within their heart. So I have to go back and examine. 
whether or not my words reveal what I truly think they are. St. Paul says, examine yourselves as to whether or not you are in the faith. And he says, test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. So why is it so important to do this? Because our Lord Jesus Christ, he says at the end of the passage, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. He warns us that saying careless or idle words is something very serious. And there's a good reason why. Those words tend to indicate, those idle, careless words tend to indicate what's in our hearts even more truthfully and more carefully than thought out, prepared set of words ever could. Our Lord Jesus Christ is reminding us that idle or careless words are still heard by Him. St. James says, Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So He's declaring well in advance that people are going to be required to give an account of every word they speak on the day of judgment, even idle words. Our words prove what's in our hearts. <coughs> and that's why our Lord Jesus Christ said, By your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. He will judge your words because the one who judges the words knows the true condition of the heart. And it'll be our words that on that great and important day, the day of judgment, will stand as evidence of our true nature, the true nature of our hearts. So then, like we talked about in the beginning, how important it is for us to follow that instruction in the book of Proverbs to keep our hearts with all diligence. So we, we have to, while we can now, guard the condition of our hearts. Because that's out of the heart flows the issues of life. Let me just quickly suggest some ways I can do this. I need to make a regular practice of allowing God to search my heart. If it's true that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, then I have to ask God regularly, search my heart, rid myself of the remains of my old life. Secondly, I need to confess my weakness in the area of words. And my need for God's grace to strengthen and help me. St. James warns us that there is potential for great harm in our words. He says that the tongue is like a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. He warns, he says that every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Next, I have to make sure that what I put into my heart is what I would want to have coming out of my mouth. St. Paul says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but it is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. If we would have good things come out of our mouths, then we must make sure that we're putting good things inside of our hearts. St. Paul says somewhere else, Finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In the Psalms it says that your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The more of the truth of God's word I put in my heart, the more I will be able to push evil out. So we have a, a very great and important warning today to guard the condition of our heart. To assess the words that come out of my mouth. The words that come out of my mouth are not meaningless, are not nothing. A lot of times we discount it. I didn't mean to say that. I was just joking. You took it the wrong way. But our Lord Jesus Christ is saying, what you say is going to be taken very seriously. How you talk is going to be taken very seriously. 
So we take this opportunity to look at the words that come out of our mouth and to reveal the condition of our heart. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Blessed are